We're back here for another episode of the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. This is Chris, and I'm joined here in studio by John. Hey, Chris. Today's episode is about prayer, and I actually wanted to open up with a little piece from the Every Man's Battle Daily Devotional Every Day for Every Man. This is coming from the January 5th devotional. Want to start there? Yeah, sounds good. For God's man, prayer should be this the distinguishing feature that marks his thinking and approach to anything that might have a spiritual, eternal, or practical impact on his life or for the good of God's kingdom. For God's man, prayer is an attitude he hopes he adopts toward all situations and relationships in which he finds himself. It's a radar that's always on, constantly sweeping the landscape. After a while, tapping into God should feel natural because you're accustomed to thinking about doing it. That's because you know that prayer changes the course of things. To be supplicant to God means acknowledging that he is more powerful than you, far more powerful. And here's the corresponding verse. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's from 1 Thessalonians five seventeen to 18. Isn't that crazy how like crystal clear that is in terms of God's will? I mean, how often do I complain about, I wish I knew what God's will was for me. And that verse basically says it. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And I don't think it was just the last item. I think it's all three, right? Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Uh, <clears throat> and I often think, like, if I do those three things more consistently, God will probably reveal more to me. But there was some—let's unpack some of the stuff from that devotional, because— one of the things that I thought that really stood out to me is he, he said that it should feel natural. And, and how many people do you think prayer feels natural to? It says, after a while, tapping into God should feel natural because you're accustomed to thinking about doing it. Yeah. So, so it's a habit, right? And it's a practice. It's a lifestyle that becomes more natural and for sure it doesn't start out that way. Well, to find for God's man, prayer is an attitude he yeah. adopts toward all situations and relationships in which he finds himself. Interesting that it's an attitude yeah. because, you know, I could pray in a snarky tone toward God, but like, is that the right attitude to pray in? Or, I mean, is it is it okay to just pray in whatever state I'm in? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had guys that I've been in group with who s said, you know, basically, they try to practice this pray without ceasing and like keep this ongoing conversation go up with God. And that's not me yet. Uh, and I, I don't know if, if, if you're able to do that. I, f I feel like for me, I have to like be very intentional about, oh, wait, pump the brakes on whatever I'm doing and check in with God because I'm more likely to just go running off, especially after morning quiet time. It's like I checked in, man, like I'm good. And now and then I'm, I'm off to the races. I, I don't know if that's been your experience. Yeah, this pray without ceasing. I mean, 
it's like I have to, I have to almost, you know, it's so easy for someone to ask, can you pray about this? It's so easy for me to say, okay, I'll pray about it. But then doing is a little bit different. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm the realness of of your share about like you have this morning quiet time, but then what about the rest of the day? Mm -hmm. Because it says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, That's not the only verse like that. Yeah. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Ephesians 6, 18. Yeah, that's... It, it, every occasion. <laughs> all times and on every occasion. Not a lot of wiggle room in that, is there? That's pretty precise. Yeah. And and I, I liked in that first devotional how he equated it to a radar. So, like, I, I have this image of, you know, I'm supposed to be scanning the horizon constantly and checking in with God constantly. And that's not how I roll far too often you know when i'm at my best i'll check in uh and i'll ask for wisdom or guidance on whatever project i'm about to work on um but you you know i'm i'm not great at like asking asking in prayer for guidance for decisions that i'm making um and and i think that I could probably avoid some bad decisions if I spent a little bit of more time, not just praying, but then listening. That's the other part of this, right? You know, that, that these devotionals didn't really mention. But when I pray, I'm all, oftentimes I'm asking for something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but how often am I sitting there quietly l- listening for an answer? Well, there's, there's, there's praying with thanksgiving as well. You know, like praying with an with an expectation that God is listening and will answer. Yeah. And here in the devotional, um, it says his thinking and approach to anything that might have a spiritual, eternal, or practical impact on his life or for the good of God's kingdom. Isn't that everything? But then that makes me think of Proverbs three five to six when I'm like in all these different forks in the road throughout the day, um, lots of decisions to be made. Um, this verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes am afraid that I'll make the wrong decision and I I really don't want to make a decision outside of God's will. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about, like, I I will ask God to, like, make a, even a micro decision very clear. And I'm thinking maybe that's, that's like, the wrong attitude. I don't think so. I, th- I think, I mean, it said trust in the Lord. Uh, do not lean on your own understanding in all, right? That, that word all shows up a lot of times. Where it's like there, there's no wiggle room. There's nothing too small for God. So I, I think that taking that posture is really healthy and, and smart. What about if I'm like, dear Lord, should I take a nap right now? Yeah, why not? Okay. 
I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, are you, how are you receiving the answer? And do you think that you're receiving an answer from him or do you think you're just like, I'm tired and I'm going to take a nap? Mm. You know, that's where, because I don't think there's any question that's too small for God. I know that it's easy for me to, um, to, to, to rationalize that stuff is too small for him. I, cause I do it all the time. Right. Like, God couldn't care less if I'm going to take a nap right now. Well, that's not true. Uh, and and he maybe he wants me to be more rested for whatever he's got for me later in the day. I don't know. He does. <clears throat> the There was a, a message this past weekend, um, a visiting pastor to Saddleback named Matt Brown. I actually happen to be a pretty big fan. And in a, a part of his message, he was like, there are people in the room right now who are losing their homes because they never prayed about whether they should buy it in the first place. Wow. There are people right now that are losing their jobs because they never they never asked God if they should work there in the first place. There are there are people right now that are getting to, that are losing their marriage because they never asked God if they should get married to this person in the first place. Wow. And that that really like that really sunk in. Um and he was very clear that there's three answers to prayer, but God answers every prayer, yeah. especially being connected to Jesus, is that it's either yes, no, or wait. Yeah. And, oh, we might say, oh, you know, God really doesn't answer my prayers. And he was like, well, he does. He may have given you the answer that you don't want to hear. That's right. He may have said no or wait, right? Yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I think that a lot of times the reason that we i don't ask is i don't i want to do what i want to do i i don't necessarily want his input i mean i say i do but what if he says that's not what i want you to do and and i actually hear it and now i'm not doing what i wanted to do i mean i know that's the better place to be but that's what inhibits me i think a lot of times from even asking in the first place um, you know, I, I can think of a lot of long-term prayers. Like I remember praying every night, but in a very specific kind of way, which was, this was before I was a Christian, like really pleading, like, God, would you bring me a wife that I can just hold, mm-hmm. you know, and really asking him for, to, de- to asking him to deliver on that. And I think it was like five or six years of almost like daily longing, you know, Yeah. before that happened. And so that definitely was wait. And I'm really happy I waited. Yeah. And and, and you were persistent. And, and, you know, I've heard both sides of the argument on that one, like be persistent in prayer or like you only have to ask once. God heard it. And I, I, I don't know which one he likes more. I... I you know, the common sense in me thinks like if I keep asking, um, he appreciates that. He's like, you know, this guy really wants that. He really wants this wife and I'm going to keep making him wait until right. he's ready for the right woman that I have for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really cool. But if I were to then connect the, the dots based on starting that prayer to the time that it happened, there was like there was also kind of a season of preparation going through a lot of dating and finding out what I did not want in a partner. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy that it worked out that way. 
because I I got to well, I got to experience things and I I'll remember I I mean I remember another very specific prayer where in a step study one night I forgot exactly the the question or the book but I remember very specifically praying for God to take away um addiction to pornography and masturbation and within weeks or a month like it happened yeah wow yeah it's amazing i mean you know there there are there are things that he can heal us from instantly and then there are things that are like the thorn in the side that we continue to struggle with for me lust is a perfect example right i got my sa sobriety and it's it's been solid but i still struggle with wanting to objectify and look at women and I wish that he would just take that away. And, and I think he's not doing it maybe because I'm not praying about it enough or maybe I'm not using all the tools that I have or maybe I'm clinging to it too much. So in my hands right now, I actually have the Pastor Rick's Daily Hope Prayer Journal. And I just came across uh, page 40, which is praying for my work slash job. Write down the names of people at your work and your prayers for them my boss, colleagues, and the people we serve. Yeah. I'm going to ask the people listening right now, when's the last time you prayed something work-related for your boss, colleagues, and the people you serve? Yeah. yeah I know I, I don't do this enough. Yeah. When, <clears throat> when I'm at my best, I'll do that maybe once a week, and I'll actually put it in my journal. Um, but I, I miss a lot of weeks. Uh, <laughs> and, you know... Sometimes it's not the, it's, it's sort of the, please, you know, make this person less crazy, (laughs) but it's really more about, I should be praying for, you know, changing me and my heart and my heart perspective so that, uh, I'm more loving towards people who maybe I disagree with or, um, who supervise me or, uh, bully me even at work. Um, and I, I think that's, that's hard. On the topic of bullying, what about Matthew five forty four? But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Pray for those who hurt you. That's, that's hard. That's the sort of the radical love that Jesus preaches. And man, dude, it's hard enough for me to love the people I'm supposed to love, let alone love these people that you know rub me the wrong way or disagree with me or you know, politically have different opinions where I just want to call them morons. And, you know, they're not. They're children of God. They're made in God's image. They have different backgrounds and, and, and opinions. And I need to learn to listen and respect that, even if I disagree with it. You know, there's this sort of daily inventory, right? And it's like this daily repentance. Um, and there's another verse here, Second Chronicles 7.14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I mean, that to me sounds like prayers and invitation to, to repent as yeah. well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and the, you know, Pastor Rick always talks about the promise and the premise, right? So, so the the promise in that is he will restore and heal, 
<clears throat> so the premise is just that I need to I, I need to go to him in prayer and I need to repent of my wicked ways and then he'll heal my land. Wow. What about like um <clears throat> I, I we had a devotional I don't know a couple of weeks ago and the that it was talking about like literally getting on your knees and praying. Um I almost never do that. Uh do you ever do that? There's only been one there's been two times that I really can say that I've done that. The first time was after I did a came clean to my wife about about my actions Mm -hmm. and she said we're gonna we didn't just get on our knees we got on our faces Mm. and yeah that that was probably the most um significant that's that was a long time ago yeah yeah and and i i know that that's not a requirement of prayer uh, it's know. definitely a humbling posture, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right, <clears throat> and and I think it's probably something that I I should incorporate more often. Um, do do you consistently pray with your wife? Um, we switch off every night. It's either myself or herself. We do a short nightly prayer, and I try to say emphasis on short. But sometimes it's long. It's like a laundry list of like, can you please do this, God? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, we've been doing it for a while now. And I, and I actually got, I thought, wow, we're, we really are just like asking for a lot of random stuff. Mm. And, and I think I realized I would rather, I would rather um, have a mediocre prayer than none at all. Yeah, that's a really good because, man, you know what? So often for me, at the end of the night, before bed, I'm making these excuses like I'm tired. I don't know what to say. I've said everything that I need to say before in prayer, and I wind up not praying with my wife before bed. And 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 I, like, I almost feel like this is this is an act of disobedience and I'm it's a, it's also an intimacy anorexic trait right because intimacy anorexia is the act of withholding of of sexual spiritual and emotional intimacy well this is the spiritual intimacy component of that and and when I'm when I'm not praying with my wife I'm guilty of relapsing in my intimacy anorexia can I can I give you a suggestion cuz I I was really struggling with being the only one that was doing the praying is to, you know, occasionally ask, Hey, could you pray for us? Yeah. Like ask your wife to do so. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. And, and to maybe take turns. Yeah. Because here's, here's, here's my thinking behind that. I don't know if it's theologically sound, but I think there's the, the concept of giving and receiving and, so here, here's where that, here's how that falls in. Um, one time, you know, a friend of mine literally could not pay his rent. He was in a small group and someone called him and said, Hey, I'd like to pay your rent. Like pretty much the same day. Wow. Miracle. Right. Yeah. But the guy said, no, I will not take your money. 
And he called me and he says, hey, here's the situation. I'm really, I'm really um, praying that, that God will give me business so that I can pay my rent. And he tells me about the guy who literally called him and said, I will pay your rent. And I said, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you receive this blessing from God? Why are you blocking this? Yeah. Well, and he said, well, I don't want to feel like I'm taking. I always feel like I'm taking. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, do you have any problem giving? He's like, no, I love giving. I, I, I love doing things for others. And I'm like, interesting. So you don't think this guy who's offering you loves giving also? And by you saying no to that receiving, you're actually blocking the potential blessing in his life. You're blocking God's blessing by literally trying to give you your rent money right now. Yeah. And you're blocking this person's ability to receive blessing yeah. by your by his giving. Totally, yeah. And you could just sort of, you know, see the scales fall from his eyes, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I can. I never yeah. thought of it that way. But the, you know, it's it's our pride. Um, I know, as an intimacy, one of the things with intimacy anorexia is like, I don't mind giving, 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 giving. But if I receive, now I feel like I owe you. And so it, here's the practice is is to the, I, the, at least there here's all how I saw it if I were to ask my wife to pray for us I'm giving her the blessing of prayer yeah and allowing myself to receive that too and like see I don't know if this is theologically sound or not but it made sense to me <laughs> yeah I think it's really good and, and and I think it's it's right you know there is the part where as the husband, I'm the spiritual leader of the family, so I need to set the tone. So I, I, I say like, okay. Like a leader's a coach, right? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it's like I start to, to do this and set the example by praying for us, right? But, but then maybe every, you know, couple, three nights as the spiritual leader saying, you know, it's, it's your turn. Now, not like that. I'm just inviting her in yeah. to pray for us. Like, why don't you pray for us tonight kind of thing? Yeah. And, and one of the things, you know, the phrasing of that, uh, Corey hammers us on not asking questions, making statements and being more definitive because so an example is like, uh, you want to, you want to go out, you want to go watch a movie or go to dinner and asking about it instead of saying, we're going to dinner and a movie to you know on Friday night, and being more assertive because <clears throat> intimacy anorexics, when we're wishy washy and we leave things open, it's easy to not take responsibility and it's easy to blame. It's like, well, you said you didn't want to go. I, I threw out an idea and you said you didn't want to go. No, like throw out an idea and say this is what I want to do. So, like, if you were to ask, okay, should we pray tonight? And like her answer is no, that would be classic intimacy anorexic right. because you're setting, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and then future resentment as well. Totally. If she doesn't meet the expectation. Yeah. Right. Now, not to say that I might not be disappointed if I said, why don't you pray for us tonight? And she says, I don't want to, but <clears throat> at least I was more assertive in that. And, and instead of, you know, <clears throat> Um, where, where where I'm putting it on her and t with the question, it's like, uh, you know, well, she she rejected me, 
don't know. And and maybe the I could interpret the the rejection in the other approach the same way, but I feel like I, I wouldn't just because of the assertiveness of it. Because it's like you know that's what a good leader does is they recommend things. It's like why don't you pray for us? I don't want to. Okay, I'll pray for us. So um, it's, it's kind of funny. I just thought of a scene from Ted Lasso where he's this new coach coming from the Midwest to coach um, a United Kingdom soccer team or football team rather. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, their old coach was like a blow the whistle, get you to do stuff, stand on the sidelines kind of guy pushing them. But when it came time to do laps, Ted actually like, he just he started running said okay we're doing five laps and he just started he bolted yeah and then people are looking at him like what he's actually running with us yeah right and to me um uh, you know i think at least in terms of spiritual leadership sometimes being the one that does it first even when it's awkward or feels kind of strange or something like that um is it, it, it that's that's the kind of um, courage to do the uncomfortable things that like, is, is prayer really that uncomfortable? I got to ask myself this, like, Mm -hmm. what am I like? Why am I not willing? Why would I not be willing to be obedient to this thing that the Bible says like hundreds of times that I need to do all the time? Yeah. All the time. Like it's, it's, it's abundantly clear. Well, it's situational, I think in terms of my comfort level. Right. So like, am I comfortable praying, uh, to open up our small group meeting, you know, uh, or uh, am I comfortable praying? Can I ask you a real at question? A restaurant? Can I ask you a real question? Yeah. Are you are you are you more comfortable praying um, to open up a step study session or to pray with your wife at yeah, night? Yeah, that's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, totally more comfortable no, let, with the with the step study opening. Absolutely. Wh- why? I don't know. I think. Uh, probably mostly practice um uh, i i i suppose that's what it boils down to is you know i'm I'm used to praying to open the group i was it ever awkward in the beginning oh yeah you mean for praying like when you first started doing step studies and like maybe you were co-leader on your first one was it was it ever awkward to pray in the beginning of course yeah but yeah. today, like nine years in, it's a little bit different. It's it's. I'm very comfortable with it. I don't always know what I'm gonna say. Uh, early on, I would almost rehearse because it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta look good, right? And that's absurd. Um, but it's it's part of who most of us are. It's definitely part of who I am. You know, think caring too much what other people think about me. Uh, but but yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it got easier and easier and easier over time. And I think as I just lean into, you know, what's happening in that meeting is so powerful and I look forward to it and it's something I'm so grateful for. So it's easy to tap into that vein. Now it should be as easy to do that with my wife, no doubt. So, yeah, I really think the main, the main focus of this conversation um, on prayer is just to recap, there's, there's three answers God's going to give you is yes, no, or wait. Prayer is an attitude. It's, 
it's not even necessary. It, it is a habit, like get into the habit, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a heart posture. It's recognizing that God is greater than me. And yeah. he's the one that can handle. It. I can't handle this. Well, and it's and it's and, and it's wanting to be connected to him. And it's, you know, the the thing that I always find ironic about it is, here's, there's verses that talk about like tapping into this power, is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. I mean, we're talking about the same power that breathed the universe into existence. This is available and accessible to you and to me via prayer. Why wouldn't I be all over that? You don't think God can handle my petty problem that I'm dealing with like instantly? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's going to make you feel better about it just by by saying, hey, Lord, this is what I want. Your will, not mine. Please guide me. And, and, And a peace will come over me that gives me at least some temporary reprieve from any anxiety that I might be feeling. So we've reached, uh, we've reached that time, um, in our episode where we're going to do an open share. I appreciate all of you that are listening for, for getting this, this far. I think this is definitely an interesting topic that we've, we haven't touched enough on. I'm excited to go deeper in future episodes. Yeah, uh, this would be a good one with to, to, to talk with a pastor as a guest, huh? Absolutely. Um, you can head on over to recoverylifestyle.com and go to the contact session section if you enjoyed this, want to reach out, if you have any feedback, want us to cover any future topics. But we're going to go ahead and move on into the open share section of today's episode, and we are going to open share on prayer. Sounds good. Yeah. And I would just add one thing uh, to that contact, Chris, if anyone has anything that we can be praying for them uh, about, please don't hesitate. We we would love to pray for you. Uh, Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am in recovery for sex addiction. I struggle with lust. John. Hey, you guys. Uh, Man, I think that my attitude toward prayer has to be more consistent um, it's, it's super sporadic. The, there's, you know, morning quiet time. I, I've shared a lot, I think, uh, both in here uh, and in group about how I have this tendency to, to co- come back to being like a checklist Christian, you know? So it's like, okay, uh, Bible verse in the morning, check devotional in the morning, check, uh, my response to the, to the daily devotional check, uh, you know, reading some passages from the Bible, check. Uh, and and m- my heart is wanting to do those things and wanting to feel connection. But often I think I get so hung up in making sure that I get it, it all done that I'm not slowing down enough to really feel the presence and feel the connection and and even more to just quiet my mind and see if God's going to bring anything to me and speak to me because he, he, I know he's talking to me all the time, but I, I feel like I'm not doing a good job listening. And so I think part of prayer is shutting up and listening. Thanks guys. I'm John. John, thank you. Hey guys, Chris, grateful believer in Jesus and recovery for alcohol, sex, porn, money, and codependency. Hey Chris. Um, prayer is definitely one of these things where 
um, it's embracing the great mystery of God and being uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And I, I really like in this particular devotional we read um, that it's an attitude. You know, I think we're, we're really focused on the recovery lifestyle, but lifestyle includes attitude and heart posture and, and, and character traits as well. It's not just, it's not just all these things that you can do, go to meetings, read your Bible, uh, go to church and serve. It's also how it's, it's also how you do these things. If you're doing them with a a reluctant, resentful heart, it's not going to do much. And so, um, if you're not getting, if you're not progressing in your recovery, it might be because you need to change your attitude. It might be, be, if I'm not progressing in my recovery, I'll use I and me statements, then it might be because I have to change my attitude and I'm, I'm not looking at it the right way. Thanks guys. I'm Chris. Thanks Chris. Oh man. Let me press out. Heavenly father. Uh, thank you so much just for Chris, for the podcast, for this technology, for our listeners. Lord, I just pray that you help each and every one of us adopt this attitude of prayer, this heart posture of wanting to stay connected to you, because we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We we want to, we, you say you'll make our path straight, and who doesn't want a, a straight path? So Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us really lean into praying without ceasing. And I ask this in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.